What is up, ACL Nation? Welcome into episode number 12 of Bagging and Bragging. Just got back from a long couple weeks. We went to Winter Haven, Florida, and then straight from there over to New Orleans and West Wego, Louisiana. Had a phenomenal time, but we're trying to catch back up. Today, Misha and I are going to interview Cheyenne Bubenheim, talk to her about her partner switch, the bag choices that she's making, and then if she even cares about where she's sitting in my rankings. We're also going to go over the highlights from open number eight in Winter Haven, Florida. Had a long couple of weeks. Mish, how have you been? Um, well, probably a lot more rested than you. Yes. Because <laughs> that was a, a bit of a rough go. I mean, it's kind of hard. I hate to complain. Like, I wonder if you feel this way too. I hate to complain about all the traveling and all. Because, I mean, what a cool job and what an it's, amazing opportunity. It's what I love and hate at the same time. Right. Yeah. But it's still exhausting. So you're like, ah, yeah. I don't want to complain because and, like so many people would love this, this job. Um, and I'm so grateful that I have it, but like, man, when you get off of a weekend, especially like a national or something, you're like, Whoa, <laughs> that yeah, was for a me, lot. It's the mental part. Like I, I get there and I'm like, all right, I've never been in New Orleans before. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hit up the town and just party and kick it and enjoy. we got a lot of seafood coming our way. And <laughs> yeah, man, Josh cat can eat seafood every single day for every single meal. I'm telling you. As could I. Gosh, I, I'm fine for like a couple of days. And after a while, I was like, I'm seafooded out, man. I just want some chicken. Oh, no, you <laughs> said it on the mic. And I was just like, this, this, he's <sighs> just rubbing it in our face. It's not no, even it, fair. There's so much, so much. I felt full every single day. But for me, it's the mental part. Like, I get there. And instead of just relaxing and enjoying it, I think about everything I got to do. I think about mm-hmm. what if a wire doesn't work? What if a camera doesn't work? Do I have this piece of equipment? Will this work? What's the internet situation going to be like? So, I never get the sleep that I need. Now, with that being said, I was so exhausted uh, Saturday night. When I got back to the hotel, crashed right out. Mm-hmm. Woke up Sunday, actually slept seven hours, which is huge for me. Yeah. But will, really nice. And then last night, same thing. Laid in bed, boom, just out. So eight hours last night. I'm like, okay. Good. There we go. Seven hours, eight hours. Start stringing these little sleep schedules back together, and we'll see if I can become a better person like I'm talking about. So we're getting ready to do the uh, protein kick, go back on my protein diet and keep my calories low and work out every single day and you know, start focusing on discipline going forward. So I'm excited. I got three weeks off now. Well, off-ish. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm traveling, right? So, yeah, I mean, no, that's no a traveling. big deal. No. Yeah, to kind of, I need those breaks between traveling to kind of just settle in and get back to like normal life and and actually look forward to the next travel, right? When they come back to back, you can feel a little bit like, ooh, God, another one. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm catching up. But man, I I, got to say, it was fun. There was a lot of new names that are starting to pop up on the radar. Um, Whenever we went to Louisiana, that's where we talked about Brian Betancourt on the live feed. You know, shout out to everybody who helped me out commentating this weekend, by the way. Um, but he was just like, I, I love that we can bring a tournament into this area because there's a lot of people that don't travel that are good shots that we want to give recognition to. A few of them got on the live feed, but yeah, it just goes to show you there's more and more talent out there that we that we know of. I always feel bad when I'm like, who's that? Like, mm-hmm. like how offensive because you know in that area they're super well known, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like, Who is this person? <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I was like, I'm why are they person. beating? this really good person, like you're just so perplexed and in their area, it's probably like, yeah, that person definitely could beat that pro. Yeah. No, I, I don't care. I'm like, I, I have no idea who you are, but now that I know that I, I don't know who you are, that, that's a good sign. And now you're starting to get on my radar. I mean, yeah. Names that stood out this weekend, Devin Keene, Brady Foster and Damon Reynolds. 
I mean, oh, Caleb Rogers was another one that I Caleb Rogers. Out. Yeah. Well, I've known yeah. him before. Caleb oh, you Rogers is really Caleb. good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of players who are just under the radar. Um, it was great to see my boy Craig Irvin again. I got to see him come out there mm-hmm. and every time. And he's, Ethan he's, Walker showed up. He did good. There you Ethan go. Walker, You've been yeah. talking about it. Yeah. And Carson again. I mean, Carson just continues to prove himself worthy. But, Carson uh, is showing himself to be consistent, which is not yeah. something we knew yet. We knew he was good. We knew he was rising, but we didn't know he was consistent. And he's now showing that he's consistent. Yeah. Not to put Noah Wooten on blast, but during the canine sneak peek, we did a you know a little portion there for subscribers only. Noah Wooten was he was not looking good. He was looking oh, like he no. had some brown bottle flu. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he probably went to sleep a half hour before the tournament started. Just looked really, really rough. Might have threw oh, like a geez. six PPR. It, was, well, it, was not it is New Orleans, right? <laughs> yeah. And then battled all the way back to double dip Carson. I was like, this guy, man. No. That's a trooper. A level. Yeah. That is a trooper. <laughs> yeah, so. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick. We're going to take a quick break, definitely, and uh, get back with our bragging segment of the show. So stay tuned right after this. Mr. Wally, you got something to brag about? All right. So nothing for me, but um, I'm going to start off with basically the finale. Devin Harbaugh, my guy. I mean, I'm trying to be like him, rocking the Cornell Coast. We're all trying to be like him. Are you kidding he me? He is on another <laughs> level right now. There is, there's plenty of times where it looked like uh, Alex Rawls bragging on him as well. Just going for the trifecta on Sunday. We're starting to see this quite a bit now. Gavin Cano in Winter Haven, Alex Rawls in uh, West Wego had a chance to go for the trifecta. No one yeah. looked like they were going to stop him. And then Devin Harbaugh just comes out of nowhere and just puts on a clinic, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I was very, very impressed what I saw with him this weekend. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Ryan Trader and what he did the week before that. So, I mean, it's just going to be another thing. Some new names popping up left and right. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the season play itself out. And then the world championships, I just feel like are going to be on a whole nother level. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's going to be incredible, especially with the eight prelims of the Super Holes leading up to it, you know, like adding mm-hmm. that. Um, that's going to be so exciting, especially if, you know, some of these players in the Super Hole, for example, are actually able, the celebrities, I should say, are actually able to come to Worlds, like if all of them mm-hmm. could come. Because, you know, it's hard with, for example, the right. uh, MLB players. Like they're in season, so we don't know. Right. But like if well, we can get, get all those priorities. People, they got to know. They got to. Don't you know what this is about? Come on now, just throw that other stuff aside. But yeah, having all of them there, and then having the the talent be where it's at, and then, I mean, I wonder how many spots are we going to have at the pro qualifier? You know, are we going to get rid of the applications and for more? Like, I'm just so my, curious to see how it all plays out. To my understanding, there's only ten spots for application this year. So okay, everything matters. Like, if you haven't traveled yet. Um, I actually didn't say this to Craig this last weekend because Craig, I believe, finished third in his bracket, if I'm not mistaken. And last year he was offered a pro spot because of his open standings. And I'm I'm like, Craig, you got to start traveling, man. Same mm. thing with Tyler Amos. You guys better pay attention. Get out there start traveling. But anybody out there in the pro division, we're starting to get players who are sneaking up out of nowhere, throwing over 10 and a half, 11 PPRs that I've never heard of before. So it's not going to be as easy as some of these people think as far as earning that pro spot this year. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to um, this confidence thing, right? Like it's really, it's the kind of like chicken before the egg thing because confidence comes from big wins, mm-hmm. but you have to you have to be confident to get the big wins. Right. So it's like how these players that are playing against these big names that 
shouldn't be as confident theoretically because they're walking up to the boards against someone who has proven history of success and having enough confidence to be like, I think I can beat them. I think I can do this. I mean, it just shows a testament to, to right. what they're doing. And it's very impressive to watch. Yeah. Um, so last thing I really got to brag about too is it's, it's going to be kind of weird how I go about wording this because I'm basically going to bash the people who bash me on Facebook. Oh, I like so, it. Okay. So basically I, I'm going <laughs> to brag on the people who have my back or at least have a solution okay. to what people are bitching about on Facebook. So for example, if the boards are long, that's not ah. on me. That's on right. you guys to measure it. So the people who are saying, Hey, bring your own tape measure or maybe mm-hmm. ask for a measurement before you play rather than throw 20 or 30 rounds on something that just doesn't feel right. You could ask for a measurement at any time. So, yeah, I love a lot people, of this. Um, yeah. Like the pushing of the blame, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, by the way, this is not to criticize because this is a, a natural human response. Like we yeah. have a really hard time accepting when something doesn't feel right in our brain, right? We're like, I'm mad this happened. Well, that emotional experience can be overwhelming. And instead of sitting with the emotional experience, we push it off through blame. Like, well, they should have checked the boards or they should like, that's a very normal human thing to do. So if we could all just bring some awareness to it (laughs) and be like, hey, that didn't feel good. So going forward, I'll do a better job of speaking up for myself. And even after it happens, instead of pushing blame, if you could turn it inward and be like, you know what, this is a good lesson for me to remember to speak up for myself. Like what a beautiful lesson in life. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. So like if if it's up to me, I'm like, I have no idea when the boards get pushed back. So I need to, I'm going to call timeout in between each bag now and go out there and measure in between each bag. That way I want to make sure it's, it's perfect for every throw. Yeah, that, that, that will look real good. Yeah. But no, in all seriousness, this is a common theme that I'm yeah. seeing. And, and that's why I say it's not to criticize or to blame anyone because it's so normal. It's hard to speak up for yourself and it's hard to stop the game. And, and because if you're wrong, you're afraid of looking stupid. Like, oh, I stopped the whole game and the boards were 27 feet. Like now I'm an idiot. Like mm-hmm. you have to kind of push all that stuff away and just say this intuitively feels like something I need to do, whether in whether it's the right distance or not, whether the score is right or not, whether that was the right call or not. Like, you know, speak up for yourself. You will never be mad that you spoke up for yourself, even if you're wrong. Be like, well, I advocated for myself. So this is a good thing. So bragging on advocating for yourself, we yeah. should do it more. <laughs> good, good, Don't good be spin afraid. on that. Good spin on my yeah, Well, you know, I try. <laughs> no, it works. It works. I'm buying it. All right. What are yeah. you bragging on? Got anything? Um, I do, but it's not cornhole related. Let's go. Okay. I was just bragging on uh, like some of the great friendships that I've been able to bring here because I have really felt like strong desire to move. I'm not a big fan of the city I live in. Mm -hmm. Those of you who don't know, my house burnt and we were forced to move a city over and I'm not, I didn't choose this city. Like it was just the only one that had housing available. Um, And so I've been really kind of negative about living here. Like, man, I hate Orville. It does. It's not the mountains. I was living in the mountains and um, I lost my community. I lost being close to a lot of my friends because they lived on the same street. And, and so it's just been recently that I found a couple girlfriends that have really just been the perfect friends for me to have and, and really fulfilling. And it's really allowed me to kind of settle into like, okay, might not love this city, but I'm really loving the people. And I love my cornhole community and I love Rome school and I love his jujitsu studio. And so I'm just trying to focus on the things I do like as opposed to the things I don't. And these friendships are really carrying me through on that. 
Yeah, I can kind of touch base on that too because I, I'm in the same boat. I've talked about in live feeds, you know, about maybe moving down to Texas or, you know, finding different places, um, mainly focused around travel, so I can get nonstop flights directly to where I'm going. Yeah, and, that's a big and, deal. And I always kind of latch on to the cornhole family as far as like, if I move out there, who's going to be here around this area? Mm-hmm. So. One main reason I moved to Kansas City, I had a lot of support here. We did our St. Louis versus Kansas City battle two years in a row, and it was a lot of fun, met a lot of great people, and I moved out here. And I never really socialized as much as I did. I went to blind draws and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm bragging to my boy, uh, Billy England, had me over yesterday for breakfast for dinner and just got to hang out for with him. For breakfast and for dinner, meaning you were there it all was, day? It was, it was dinner for breakfast. Oh, okay. I got breakfast it. Okay. for dinner. We Bre- had, you yeah, ha- we- yeah, we went over there for dinner time and you ate breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was okay. kind of fun. I got to hang out with them and just kind of chat. But uh, kind of going back to, I think it was what we talked about last week, just getting outside and seeing the sunlight for a little bit and going to hang out with some people and then flying back in from New Orleans. So I flew out of the absolute dump that was MCI, Kansas City's airport. <laughs> and they opened up the new airport and I flew in to the new MCI, which is phenomenal. There's so Wait, much so they, they just remodeled it or something? or, no, or they, they built a new one. And they, they built entirely it, a new one. Yeah, and they opened it while I was gone. How so weird. I, yeah, it was very <laughs> weird. So basically, old, K, old Kansas City Airport, I would walk in, go through TSA, and um, it's basically two rows of chairs around a big circle. That's it. That's our oh terminal. Oh, my God. It's tiny. There's, restaurants that are shut down there's shops that are shut down like it, it looks like a abandoned mall in a way with chairs <laughs> yeah. and terminals in there so it was garbage there was, nothing there. there was nowhere to charge your phones nothing um so you sit there and there's probably 50 chairs for maybe 180 people on a plane so there's a lot of people just standing yeah. elbow to elbow it was terrible and i did this for probably eight months now so flying back into kansas city airport everything's bright there's you know LED lights everywhere. There's sculptures. There's walkways. There's terminals. There's there's restaurants galore. So is it, it way it, bigger? Like way bigger? It's way bigger. It's way better. Nice. Hats off to Kansas City. So yeah. Yay! Yeah. So I'm flying there thing. next month. So good to know. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll like it. You'll like it. So just I hopefully I can figure out a way to take you to see what it was, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. <laughs> But no, the new one's definitely nice, and everybody is coming in town for you know, the Topeka Open, and then we got the NFL Draft here in Kansas City this year, so they got it done just in time. So, yeah, it's really uh, cool. it's, it's kind of nice to hang out with people and kind of get a whole new perspective on the town that I've been living in. Yeah, I, I exactly. That's kind of how it feels like. Like I said, I really feel. I think the challenge for me was like I didn't choose this. That was my story. Mm-hmm. I didn't choose this. I got burnt out and was forced to move to this stupid city. I didn't want to live here. You know what I mean? Like that was my attitude. Yeah. And then um, I've really been able to turn it around and, and it's feeling, it's feeling a lot better. I got, I am an hour from the airport. I would like to be a lot closer, but I deal with it. But um, yeah, so that's kind of what I got. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be back with our interview with Cheyenne. Stay tuned right after this. All right, we are here with our interview with Cheyenne Bubenheim, uh, previously known as Cheyenne Renner, although the names get exchanged all the time and probably will be for the foreseeable future. <laughs> it's, it's a struggle, Cheyenne. We struggle. We try, uh, we but try, no. but it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get the name. We're so used to Cheyenne Renner. 
Um, but no, congrats on getting married. That's really cool. Um, anyways, <laughs> we're going to have Cheyenne on. We're going to talk about all her success this season um, and uh, lots of other fun stuff. So thanks, Cheyenne, for uh, joining us here on our show. Absolutely. All right. So welcome in. Thank you. Oh, did, did you want to jump in that. there, Wally? Okay. Just that. making sure I wasn't cutting you off. Uh, no, my question, Cheyenne, is um, I'm really curious because in the women's events, obviously, there's a dominant dominance from you there. Um, what do you think changes when you get into, you're still dominant. It's just the women's, it's like a, almost a guarantee that you're going to win, at least in our minds and hopefully yours as well. That's why yours is successful. But do you think something switches when you get into like singles or doubles? Um, I think it's more of like, I'm comfortable playing in the women's division. However, like going on to like singles with playing all weekend, I'm a little um, tired um, and then rounders all day, that kind of gets to me. Um, I think that's a little bit of the difference. Have so you thought about your... taking something out and like not doing women's and just kind of holding your energy till the end maybe, or? Um, no, Brandon and I have made some like lifestyle changes, um, like eating healthier and, you know, exercising. <laughs> and I really think that's going to help. I love to hear that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I love the idea that, you know, cornhole players are seeing that what they do out off the boards is going to influence what happens on the boards, especially at long tournaments. So that's really cool to hear. Um, when did you come to that conclusion that you thought that might be helpful? Um, well, I felt like we kind of needed to do it anyways, but um, it's just I get to the same point every open and by Sunday I'm just dragging along so I mean we already feel 10 times better now we just started it about a month ago so we already feel better and we think that's going to help a lot I yeah. actually think it's going to help too so how was it playing this last weekend with Brandon was that fun or was it stressful uh no it was fun uh we did really well in rounders uh we went five and one and then we ended up going oh and two in the bracket but both games we played, the people that played against Brandon missed one bag. <laughs> the next game, they missed two bags. So I saw that. Yeah. So it was a little, it was a tough draw, but we had fun. I didn't get a chance to peek at it all. So that's got to be over 11. Well, sorry, he Brandon. Shot, he had like a two DPR because he shot against two people that threw over 11. That's, <laughs> uh, that's not fair. I know. <laughs> or Brandon. Well, that's how the ladies feel when they throw against Cheyenne. So there you go. <laughs> perfect game i mean you were yeah. just in the zone this weekend a perfect game throwing over an 11 across the tournament did you just feel like you're just like in the zone the whole time you just couldn't get out of it yeah i mean when we first got there we were warming up and the boards were pretty sticky but we were in that like back room and then as women's progressed we kind of moved up closer to the broadcast board so those boards were a lot faster and to me that's a lot better for my play style Absolutely. Yeah, and I noticed you were throwing the all-side 2.0, so let's go ahead and get into that debate. Obviously, Trey is not a big fan of you throwing the carpet bags. Are you going to continue to switch bags back and forth, or do you think uh, now that you're going to throw with Frank that you're going to stay with the all-side 2.0s? Um, so I was actually throwing just regular all-slides. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so the reason I was throwing the carpet bags was kind of to experiment um, in trying to build a little bit more strength in my arm because I wanted to – throw harder for longer periods of time thinking that would, you know, help me in these uh, longer tournaments. But 
I don't know. I just like the faster bags. I think Frank and I will obviously play with game changers or all slides maybe, but probably game changers. I was saying during the broadcast that I was like, you get, they're going to throw all slide 2.0s, but they have to get that like black and white print. So that way Frank thinks they're game changers. <laughs> yeah. In his mind, <laughs> there's no difference. How, you, how do you feel about throwing a game changer? Um, so even before I was sponsored by all cornhole, um, I was throwing game changers. So I'm pretty comfortable with them. Okay. And then can you talk about that partner switch? Um, yeah, so it was, we had tried it back in Myrtle beach at the first shootout. I don't know if you guys knew, but I played with Frank, but that's always a tough judgment because it's just, you know, 10 rounds single. Mm-hmm. And, so we couldn't really yeah. going to go. And then all cornhole Chad from all cornhole, uh, decided to just go ahead and make the call and switch it up. I'm very excited. I, I did enjoy playing with James, um, but I'm really excited to see what, how Frank and I can do. He's literally the nicest guy in cornhole. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't imagine a better person on the other side of the boards to play with, to feel comfortable and confident, not to mention he's incredibly talented. So you get both, I think. Yeah, he's I, almost too nice. He's like, too nice. Yeah. Like, there, there's times where I'm at the broadcast court and I'm wait, like Frank would always come up and say hi to me before the match, no matter what. You know, he goes out of his way to make sure he says hi to me. But then like there's times where I come back for a commercial and he's actually waiting on me before he starts the match. I'm like, no, I'm waiting on you. He's like, oh, I just I want to make sure. And so I was like, yeah, just get the board and throw Frank. But now I'm excited to see what you guys had. I, I felt like you and James really, really clicked in Virginia Beach last season. And then it nothing really seemed the same going forward since then. Now, Frank is fine the way Frank. We were all worried about the hip surgery being a factor. Not at all. He just came back. He's lights out. And maybe you can kind of pick up on him a little bit because he throws in the seniors division now, and he's still dominant on Sundays. So kind of take some bits and pieces from that and hopefully improve your singles game on Sunday. Um, but I'm looking forward to this partnership with you and Frank, throwing the game changers or whatever fast bags you guys are throwing. I think that's going to help overall as far as teams go. Yeah. And I, I think it's a win for James too, going back to Jordan. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's no hard feelings between any of us, you know, we're yeah. all still part of the same team. So I hope they do well. Yeah, absolutely. Did you, have you ever asked some of the other players who do seem to be able to like last their whole weekends? Like, did you ever ask like advice? Like, what do you do to stay? I mean, there's a difference between some of the other ones that don't play women's seniors or juniors because they don't have that first day um but have you ever like kind of checked in with them to see what they do honestly i've never i probably should that's a good idea well you have the partner right you have frank who seems to be able to to go pretty deep as well and i'd just be curious if he has any advice like for myself too you know just (laughs) how does he do it (laughs) i mean because frank's in the senior division barely right but you know not like he's a, a 12-year-old that we're like, well, that's not even something I can compete with. The 12-year-old's easily going to have stamina because they're a kid. I think last year it was Mesa. Whenever Cheyenne, you joined me in the booth for one open. Was it Mesa or Vegas? Where were we at? I think it was Mesa. We were on the all corn, Ultra Cornhole Court, and I think she joined me in the booth, and she was talking about her nutrition plan, and we were talking, but she's like, no, I like Hostess cupcakes and donuts or something like that, so... <laughs> Get it. Well, you gotta put her on blast. Get, well, I'm just saying, getting the food right and uh, acknowledging the problem and fixing it—that's huge. I mean, that's something that a lot of cornhole players can't do. Sometimes. Well, by the let's, way, let's face it. In the cornhole world, there's some stubborn players out there. Yeah, but by the way, we're talking about the number one female player in the world and in a top, easily top twenty. So talking about like having a problem and fixing it is so 
you know, it's minuscule, right? But how important would it be for you to go to top 20 to top 10? And how hard would that be? Um, I think once we get more into this and uh, the season really kicks off, um, I, I, I'm hoping I can prove all you're wrong. I was okay. waiting to get to oh, this. Yeah. Yep, good. I set it up. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I to be in the top 10. I, I, I mean, I'm really working hard, practicing every day, um, and just really trying to perfect my throw. Your throw is perfect. So so what is it that you feel like you have to focus on in your practice? That's my thing. I don't really practice different. Like I'll go and practice for a couple hours and just run bags or, you know, take 10, 15 minutes dedicated straight to airmails, just things like that. But I don't really feel like I do anything special when I'm practicing. I think it's more of a mental type thing for me. Can you talk more about that? Um, I just feel like that's the difference between me being a singles player um, in the open division and then me being a singles player in the women's division. In the women's division, it is on Friday, but I feel a lot more comfortable. Um, so just trying to, you know, I, I've had big singles wins, but it's been a while. So trying to get back into that mentality. Are you aware of, this sounds like a silly question, but like, are you aware of the thoughts that might change from one division to the next, from women's to singles? Like, do you notice that your sort of like mental chatter is actually different? Um, I don't feel like it's different, but I feel more pressure. More pressure. Okay. So you're, you're very, very confident going into Friday. You got the adrenaline going, you're happy to get to the open and then you're very confident in the women's division. But then do you feel like you have to prove people wrong on Saturdays and Sundays? I mean, how much of the outside noise gets in? Um, I mean, it does. Uh, I definitely feel like not that I necessarily have to prove people wrong, but I have to prove it to myself. Mm -hmm. So I think a, a, a really cool change would be to like already see, not have to prove it to yourself, I guess, already believe it so strongly and not need to like, like do it to prove it does that make sense yeah <laughs> i just feel like that would be like a is huge it, shift fake it till you make it i mean is that no, the same? Honestly. I mean, she's, she's already there yeah like in your mind if you've already done it and already made it and it doesn't matter your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and thinking or visioning right so i feel like that could make a shift for you you're like i'm not out here to prove anything because i've already done it in my mind like just pretend like you you won the last five singles events in your mind and yeah. see if it changes it okay. <laughs> just a thought yeah all right so cheyenne let's see i got you in the 26 uh -oh. rank spot right now Boo. how does that how does that make you feel <laughs> this is before season keep in mind this is before season i'm oh, like we don't know who she is sorry go i'm ahead, just cheyenne. saying in the opens <laughs> in the open division so i got her right now at 26 the problem is that people don't understand when you do rankings, I can put a hundred people in the top 20 and still feel confident in it. So right. like, we're not talking like, Oh, everyone thinks I'm bashing you. when I say that you're not in my top 20, like there's, there's good players out there. But yeah. <laughs> so I, I hope that you could at least use my number to add some fuel somewhere and maybe get to the top 10 and prove me wrong. And I'll be, I'll be the first one to be like, yeah, I'm happy for her, but no, uh, I'm mean, not changing. There's so many people. You, it's so hard to even come up with the top twenty. So mm. 
There's no hard feelings. I'd just like to give you a hard time. No, I, I'm all about it. I <laughs> love it. Ch- chat, on the other hand, they're heavily in your corner. So <laughs> you got them going for you. Cheyenne, how do you feel about when you play someone who runs bags like a Matt guy versus someone who's going to be like a stickier uh, player, like a Tony Smith? Like, do you feel like you change anything about what you do or your mindset about it? Um, To me, I feel more comfortable go- going up against someone who runs bags. Um, I'd rather play someone like that, even though it's going to be a tougher or longer game. Um, someone who blocks and rolls and things like that, that's more mentally tough on me. So I'd rather just play my game and play against someone who runs bags. And does your game change against those dirtier style players? Um, I feel like I have to be a little bit, like I have to think more when I'm Mm -hmm. playing. So if they're constantly throwing a block, I'm having to really like think about, you know, either airmailing or pushing through their bags. I mean, your push through so good, but I'm just wondering, you're, you know, obviously you're a fast bag player. You like fast boards, but when you have to push through a combat, <laughs> does that worry you at all? Yeah. And, and that's the difference between someone who throws a fast bag and they block or someone like Tony Smith who throws those combats that are so slow. It is a lot different of a shot than just pushing through a regular fast bag. What do you change about how you throw it? Um, I just kind of, so... I've learned more that I need to, like, if I'm pushing through someone's block, to, like, kind of hit right behind their block or their so bag. Laying deeper mm-hmm. on the board. Yeah. Got you it. Have Wait, that was for... pushing through Tony's bags and was it Salt Lake City? <laughs> <laughs> what was that one? 38 out of 40 or something like that? Or just dominating the only bag you missed was a purposeful block? I mean. Yeah. He left that match. He's just so confused. Yeah, her push through game is one of the best. <laughs> I think I think what's going to help you elevate your game, Cheyenne, is going to be throwing that purposeful block. So I don't know if that's going to be one of these bags because your push through game is so strong. Mm-hmm. It, it's I think it's the best in all of the ACL. Agreed. So I think that if you throw that blocker a little bit more on purpose and then somebody misses, your push through with a bumper on the side, you, I don't think you're going to miss. And I think that's how you're going to generate these two points that you may need on the opens or something per round. Yeah. So, Well, that was another reason why I kind of started throwing the carpet bags was to try to learn to block. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, throwing them, I just have to throw my normal bag and they just mm-hmm. stop. So it really, I don't feel like it really helped me learn anything. Um, but that was another thought process throwing those carpet bags. It was a good experiment. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick uh, commercial break and we'll be right back with more with Cheyenne. All right, so we're back, and uh, I just wanted to point out that with Wally's advice, if you take it and it doesn't work, you can just blame Wally. Yep, yep. <laughs> Sounds good. But if it works... <laughs> then you got to give him credit, all right? Yeah. <laughs> That's I'll take it anyway. she doesn't. She doesn't have to give me credit. I'll take it anyway. I'll just announce to everybody. Well, she like, was out of my me. top 20 until she started blocking, and now she's number six. Let's go. <laughs> Thank God for Wally. Yeah. Saved Cheyenne's entire career. We were all worried about it. <laughs> No. So heading into the Nationals, Cheyenne, um, they're kind of changing the structure and formats. And then we got teams obviously playing a bigger part. What are you looking for as far as your team goes? And how are you planning for these Nationals? They're going to be a little bit longer. Yeah, um, I think our team is going to do well. Um, I think really going into the first National, 
we're going to put people together and hope that they gel well and see see how it works and move on from there. Um, I do know that the national is going to be a little bit longer with a different schedule. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Like instead of women's being the first day, switching it to the last day and seeing mm-hmm. things. That would actually be a really good test to, to kind of test your theory of you being able to be so successful in women's because it's at the beginning and you have more stamina now putting it at the end, seeing how that performance may or may not change. That's, that's kind of interesting to look at. Yeah. So in those women's events, one of the things that people talk about is all the women just seem to run bags. You don't see a lot of dirty style play. You have kind of Bella that does it. Um, I'm not sure about Lexi and Emily's game. We haven't really got to see them yet. But um, do you feel like that's a totally different style of play? Like when you play in women's, you know, you're just running bags. You know, you're not going to have to come up against too much mess on the board. Um, Like, do you think that theory is correct as to why a lot of women are more successful there? Um, I think I I definitely have noticed that, that more of the women just run bags. Um, I I don't know that it's necessarily that's why they're more successful there. Um, But it is a trend, yeah. And why do you think that trend exists with the women? Why do you think they're playing that kind of game more? Um, I feel like more of the women, and this isn't to sound like like I'm cutting anyone down, but it's more like simplistic. Mm-hmm. To, me, to me, it makes sense to just try to slide them all in because that's what's easiest. Yeah, it's a different kind of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in the women's division, like you said, everyone pretty much comes into that bracket thinking, all right, I got to get to Cheyenne, and then what do I do from there? So, yeah. like, actually practicing and implementing that what you practice into a game for the women's division is going to be really, really hard, especially for the ladies who, for the most part, like to throw faster bags. I mean, there's a lot of BG-throwing women. Or, I mean, I would say probably seven out of the top ten ladies are throwing BG bags. So, I mean, for them to actually change their strategy to start blocking you and put that carpet in place and then maybe push through it, it, it's going to be basically difficult to beat you at your own game. So they're going to have to try and come up with something different where they don't just run bags and, you know, maybe work on their airmails. I mean, one thing with Bella, I've seen her airmail just lights out right now. So she can get that low blocker on Cheyenne and hopefully Cheyenne's off. That might be a strategy. I don't know. But I don't see any way that Cheyenne's going to let up in this division because her airmail is so dominant. So you, you mentioned that you practice either running bags or shooting the airmail, kind of being like Matt Guy in a way, two-dimensional. But it's a it's a dominant A, a minus well, game. The push-through. You know? <laughs> the push-through well, yeah. would be the, <laughs> the But three. this is what I'm saying. Though, if they decide to clog the board low, I mean, they're basically mm-hmm. already sacrificing a bag to try and counter Cheyenne's push-through and airmail game. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you mentioned, Cheyenne, that you only basically run bags and airmail. Are you preparing for the next step of what somebody might do to beat you? Or do you kind of have all your focus going towards the open division play now? Um, I think it's more going for the open division. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the big one. I mean, you got there in Asheville. I think you'll get there again. It's just a matter of when and everything has to kind of click for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A big part of this game is uh, confidence, though. And you mentioned you you mentioned the word comfortable, more comfortable in the women's division. I think that also plays into confidence. But I've noticed that in general, if we look at men and women, like men tend to be more confident at things right off the bat. Like, if, have you noticed like if you take new players, like the guys, like I'll probably be like pretty good, and the females, like I'm not even gonna try. I'll be awful. Like, have you noticed this divide in just confidence in general? 
Yeah, I mean, if you talk to certain people, like, I'll never go up to anyone and be like, oh, I'm the best at this game. I'm the best in this division. Like, I'll never, ever say that. Um, but you have some people who will just tell you that they are the best. It's definitely it's definitely different. I feel like it's very gender-oriented for the most right. part. I don't know. What do you real feel quick, about that? Male, male quick, females? I'll say real quick before we uh, finish up, <laughs> I do want to talk about that because one guy's name who keeps popping up around the place about improving their game is Brandon. So how, how confident does Brandon feel about his game? And what what I mean, he said he's putting in the work left and right. I mean, he's going for a pro run this year, I assume. So, I mean, ask Brandon, I guess. I mean, I feel like I'm not confident at all when I step to the boards. <laughs> but <laughs> I also don't have the time to practice and put the work into it. So um, yeah. I, I am not going to back down from a challenge. Maybe that's the aspect you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, what kind but of work Brandon, is Brandon doing? I mean, Brandon practices with me. Like, I'll go in the mornings while he's at work, and then uh, we'll either go to a tournament at night and play, or he'll come because we play in our storage facility. So he'll come and play with me there. I mean, I definitely think he's gotten a lot better, and he's putting in the time and effort. I think it's more, and this kind of goes against what we're saying. I think it's more of a confidence thing with him. <laughs> yeah, but what creates confidence in your mind in a player? Um, I, I mean, I feel like getting those big wins and, and wins, right? Yeah, right. I agree. I think wins make you confident. He doesn't really have those like big title wins yet. Right. Out of a hundred times. How many times does he beat you? He beats me. I don't, I don't <laughs> does. does he have to double digits at least out of a hundred? <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you okay. Go. Good. There you go, Brandon. Just channel All right. that Brandon channel that. <laughs> That's funny. He's comfortable with me. Yeah. And then going out and playing against other people. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, same thing you say about Jamie and, and Kaylee. Like, if you're going to have to practice against someone, it's a pretty convenient person to have to practice against. Like, right. <laughs> it's not like a, it's a pretty intimidating person to play against in the cornhole world. Right. So I think it would help. But, yeah, I think the confidence is going to come from wins. Like, on the average, like a uh, blind draw or league night or something like that, is he getting wins there? Yeah, he does. Um, we've kind of taken a step back for, from our like um, local tournaments and just focused more on practicing and putting in the time that way. Got it. Okay. Well, he's doing good. He needs to keep it up and keep doing what you're doing, Cheyenne. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to the chat. I know there's a <laughs> bunch of keyboard warriors out there nope. right now. She's going to start blocking all the time. It's going to tank her game. She's going to come after don't, you. Don't listen to any of us. You're doing great. <laughs> no, seriously. But I mean, doesn't it kind of help to kind of have people say those things? Is it more empowering to be like, I will show you or does it get in your head at all? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Sometimes it like after this weekend when I was out, it kind of got in my head a little bit, like maybe they are right. But then mm -hmm. again, it powers me at the same time. Like I yeah. want to prove them wrong. Yeah. I would just push out the maybe they're right because it's, it's you're the best. It's a matter of one bag sometimes. <laughs> like one bag might yeah, not oh, yeah. go your way. And uh, I mean, I, th I think you lost to what, Devin Keene this weekend? Mm-hmm. And Devin Keene's somebody I'd never heard of until Winterhaven. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, well, Devin Keene had a great run in Winterhaven. Let me take a look at Devin Keene. And he did it again. He just yeah. lights out. But that's what I'm saying in the open division whenever I say Cheyenne's not in my top 20. Is there are 
I would probably say in the tournament, 120 some, or actually there's 80 players in bracket tier one bracket. And I would say 60 of those players had over 10 PPR games. I mean, right. you never know who's just going to find that one game. So it, it's just a matter of catching somebody at the right time. Absolutely. Well, we're rooting for you, Cheyenne. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, we'll see you at the next event. Yep. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you're ready for some highlight clips. Let's go. And we had a lot of fun uh, again. Apologize not being able to get the clips last week. I, I tried editing them. I went out to the Cobb household and I hung out with them for a little bit and just got to meet their family and very, very welcoming family. I, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the live feeds this weekend, but Tay-Tay joined me on the live feed. Oh my God, so she, cute. She was the yeah. star. But my favorite, my favorite part, Wally, was when she's like, "He's doing good," and you're like, "He's down, like whatever, whatever." And she's like, "Yeah, but he's doing good." It's <laughs> like, oh my god. That my favorite so part cute. of that is whenever she's like, "Don't tell Tyler or Tyus," but oh that yeah, was my favorite. <laughs> we brought that up on around the ACL already. <laughs> she did so good, but not the the generosity of them having me out there and just getting to see where all the love comes from. Um, it was I definitely appreciate the Cobbs, but yeah, just. No time at all to get into the highlights. Uh, we got three weeks anyway, so I oh, figure yeah, we'll good. do open number eight highlights today, open number nine highlights next week, and then the week after that, I think we should have some fun and kind of open it up to cell phone footage. And Ooh, maybe we'll do like a, yeah, do like a little top ten or something. So we'll we'll put together well, a post should, and see. Yeah, we gotta do that sooner rather than later, so we have time to kind of go through yeah. them. So we'll we'll get that out there. But um, yep. where where do you want them to send the post? Do you know? Um, I'll probably make a post and maybe just do caninecornhole.com at yahoo.com, I think is what I'll do. So caninecornhole at yahoo.com. Yeah, and I can go through them and go from there. So perfect. All right, cool. All right, so we are open number eight, Winter Haven. Let's get into it. That's number one. one. You're going to number one. Got to go to number five. You got to start with five. Pause this. Well, why'd you put it in this order, dude? (sighs) That's why I labeled them. (laughs) Fail, a, a Wally fail. All right, right. let's let's pretend you didn't see that. Number five. A whole bunch of highlight fails for us. But number (laughs) five, uh, I kind of wanted to start here with Tubby. Tubby has been throwing very, very phenomenal, and I don't think I'm going to get him on the Winter Haven. I'm sorry, I don't think I'm going to get him on the West Wego highlights, but I just want to show you that Tubby is really at the top of his game right now. I talked to Tyler about it, and they said that Tubby is probably top five in the world right now, no joke. Going back to this last weekend, he was the only person to beat Devin Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he, he did it by basically keeping his composure. And this airmail right here just shows you how locked in he is. Doesn't matter what bags he's throwing, carpet, slick, whatever, over the Ooh. top, nice drag, leaves Gavin there. Um, just nothing you could do against Gavin and yes. Mark Richards this weekend. Although this was the blind draw, Trey Birchfield. Um, throwing very, very oh, well. Oh, yeah, also. yeah. This was the blind draw. Okay. Oh, so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty. Nice backside collect. All right. Number four is it's to the right, to, right there on the right side there, Mish. Okay, I got it. Thank you. <laughs> Jeez. All right, we got Matt Guy. Yeah, so Matt and Guy I- and Jamie Graham. This is, I, I didn't really get as many clips of Jamie Graham as I wanted to on this. As a matter of fact, I only got one. It really wasn't even a make. But one thing I want to talk about with Matt Guy and Jamie Graham, which impressed me over this last weekend, is Matt Guy's airmail is still there, as you'll see in these highlight clips. Um, <clears throat> but they almost switched roles. I don't know if you were watching whenever they were playing, but Jamie's going for these backside airmails. Matt Guy's going for blocks and pushes hmm. and manufacturing points. 
Interesting. So it's like they switch bodies for a day. But as we go into the national season, bless you, I think Thank that you. it's going to be interesting if Matt Guy starts generating points by setting up a blocker, going for these airmails when needed, and then Jamie Graham on the other side starts taking a few more risks. I'm going to hmm. probably suggest that they might be a team to play some money on as we come up to this first national. If they Yeah, I mean, up. we... We did have Jamie tell us that that is something he had been asking Matt Guy to work on. So um, that very well could be. We shall see. Yeah. All right. Num- number three. Number three is becoming one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, Hunter Thorne is my golf buddy, for one. We went golfing. Oh, a little golf we, buddy, huh? Yeah, we had a little fun out there on the golf course. We actually played pretty decent. Unfortunately, we ran into the phenom at everything known as Tony Smith, who of course, is just really, really good at golf. Um, and then Josh Keck was How there. How often do you think Tony Smith plays golf to be at his level of golf? Quite a bit. I'd probably say three or four times a week at least. He's playing that much. I would had if I had to guess, I would. We were talking about golf clubs, and I was like, "How much should I spend on golf clubs?" And he told me, "I was like, oof, okay." And he he told me not to spend what he spent, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm nowhere close to wanting to put that type of investment into it." But <laughs> got really he, Yeah, if he's going all in like that, and it, it's showing in his golf game, I mean, he he is he's the real deal. I actually think he could actually probably make a run at pro golf if he wanted to. Good lord, how are you so good at, at like so many things? I don't understand. There's a lot more money in golf, but yeah, I had to get. Well, some yeah, <laughs> like for now at least. All right, yeah, so to, we got a awkward knuckles here in Hunter Thorne and okay, let's see Probably the longest awkward knuckles we've ever seen. He's just holding it out there. <laughs> 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 oh man, I guess you're shaking us out. Yep, yep. He's yep. just gonna do me dirty like that. He, he'll it. do that too. He'll leave it out there until you notice. He'll chase some people down. But Hunter Thorne, he's got all the shots. It's it's not the prettiest releases out of everyone out there, but he is rolling bags over. He's hitting airmails. He's he's consistently up there as far as the brackets go. And one thing I like about Hunter Thorne is there's times in the match where I see like I feel like he's losing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I look at the scoreboard, I'm like, he's right there in it. He's still in it. And mm-hmm. then before the match is over with, he'll get the win. Um, so I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing out of Hunter Thorne lately. I think he's going to continue to be a name um, that's just going to be up there at the top, and I'm looking forward to him and Noah in doubles. Absolutely. Can't Number wait for the two. Nationals, Mish. I know. It's been so long. Okay. All right. So number two, um, a lot of people were worried about Baby Goat. I was never one of them. I'm not, not one. Okay. To go on record. Yeah. yeah not I'm worried. not, I'm not worried about him at all. That's why I picked him and Ryan Windsor as my uh, first team in the fantasy draft, but baby goat, he's finishing off brackets. Now he's getting deep runs and he, he is the one player. I think the American cornhole league who has every single shot and the composure to execute those shots at any time. Oh now yeah. That's going so up top for the airmail. This right here is an airmail. I'm not even thinking about shooting. God, no. I'm staying way away from that. Yeah, and then he's got the penguin. We've seen so that multiple crazy. times. Oh, and then the short airmail on top of a pile to go in for the win. So look at Who the score. 19-19, 22-20. I'm sorry, 22 rounds, 19-19. And he's going for it. Hits the shot for the win. Alex Hicks, just a little montage right here on only Winter Haven highlights. This isn't yeah, just one event. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. But he, he's he is really, really good. He's the real deal. I'll never forget whenever Kyle Hutley mentioned uh, him to me 
way back when I said, is he really, is he really that good though? And I was like, yeah, he's the real deal. I was like, no, nah, I ain't scared of him. Dude. I'll put anyone in St. Louis up against baby goat. And now that I moved out here to KC, I'm like, I'll put baby goat. It's anybody in the country. <laughs> he's the real deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah about good. that. Oh yeah. man. Just, just not even fair. That talent. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Number one, you saw one. a second of it before. We're going to pretend you didn't. Yeah. Hold on. Let me go back. All right, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to the other side of that kid equation there. Ryan Trader for me was a story for Winter Haven. I know. I just don't understand how his arm or shoulder doesn't get tired. It's such a exaggerated release. Like it, I hurt watching it. His whole body, <laughs> even watches, even watches. Yeah, right you're right. Foot. His leg, his leg yeah. kicks. It kicks. It twists. Everything. It's. Oh, that one was less. His airmail was a less of a kick. So, yeah, his definitely push. not the prettiest of throws, but the kid kept his composure. There wasn't one single moment that looked too big for him this weekend here in Winter Haven. He threw against no. Alex Hicks, Mark Richards, Fisher Hamilton, Matt Guy. Nothing phased him. He kept all his shots. Hung with, hung with all of them, no problem. Yeah. Great job, Impressive, kid. impressive uh, for any age, but especially being as young as they are. Yeah. All right, that's all the time we have today for our show. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys all next time. There you go.